And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Thursday. Casey Justclair here with Coach Brian Colley. Hope everybody is enjoying the start to their day as much as we are. In the first segment of today's show, we got some crazy uh, results from yesterday to tell you about. Not a whole lot of them, but uh, some very interesting results. And we'll kind of give you a lay of the land of what it means in terms of Power rating projections and all this crazy stuff as we're heading into that time of the year on the boys' basketball side of things. We're already there on the girls' basketball side of things, and today at noon we'll give you a reminder of who's playing where tonight in our girls' basketball state playoffs. We'll wish nothing but the best of luck and break down some of those matchups for some of our local teams. In between that boys' and that girls' segment at 11.45, yeah, we've got Gage Griffin who will be joining us. Central Lafouge got a huge win last night. And Gage will be chatting with us about that. The great news is that Central Lafouge got a win. <clears throat> Excuse me. The bad news is that I left the gym last night thinking that that win locked up a playoff spot for Central Lafouge. It did not. We'll get you the numbers in just a second. Central Lafouge still has a little bit of work to do if they want to try to punch their ticket in Division One non-select. Um, then at 12.15, we got Stan Gravois for our Terrebonne General Thursday interview. We'll be chatting with Stan about. All sorts of things happening in the world of sports and beyond. So, last night, it was a boys-only slate of games because our girls, well, there were a couple of girls' playoff games, but nothing local, nothing um, worth mentioning here on on our program. Uh, But it was mostly a boys-only slate of games locally. And we lead off with a game that, quite frankly, surprised the heck out of me last night. Not surprised that Central Lafouche beat Hanville, right? Even though, well, you know what? I'll say it. I am a little surprised Central Lafouche beat Hanville. Hanville beat Central Lafouche by 20 plus points, 30 points, whatever it was. That first matchup didn't have any problems whatsoever. And if you look at the final score last night, which was Central Lafouche 73, Hanville 66, you would say, all right, well, back and forth game. The teams were trading blows and Central Lafouche pulled away late. Oh, no. Central Lafouche led that game by 15, 20 points for most of the game. Hanville made a run in the final stages to make it respectable, but Central Lafouche dominated 90% of that game. Evan Griffin had 31 points. Jace Woolrich, a season-high 17 with some huge three-pointers. We were there. I actually think it's Woolridge's shot-making that kind of ignited everybody else on the team. The Trojans had come into the game really struggling on offense lately. They didn't struggle on offense last night. They had an answer for everything that Hanville threw at them. If Hanville pressed, they got a layup. If they played half-court defense, they got into the mid-range and made a jump shot. Everything Hanville threw at them, they had an answer. The Trojans, if they play like they played last night for the first three-and-a-half quarters before Hanville made that little run at the end, they not only could beat HL Bourgeois Friday, they could beat whoever they would be matched up with in the opening round because, man, that was an incredible performance. I know Gage got to be super proud. The Trojans played as well last night as I had seen them play all season long. Could be a dangerous team if they played the way they did last night. And uh, was it Woolridge? Jace Woolridge. Ah, man. He shot the ball extremely well. Played good defense. Griffin was Griffin, getting to the basket, uh, finishing at the rim. He struggled a little bit at the free throw line, but uh, still 31 points. I mean, golly. Uh, and Blaze Gisclair was quiet. Yep. 
on offense last night. Yep, one of your big weapons didn't even do a whole lot, and you still scored 70-plus points. Uh, they played well. And like you just mentioned, they had answers for everything Hornville was trying to do. Uh, and just my thoughts on that, I think you got to give, like our uh, friend Mr. Ken Freelander would say, a tip of the cap mm-hmm. to Gage Griffin mm-hmm. and his coaching staff. They were better prepared. They were better during the game, making adjustments and, and doing different things. They coached their tails off during the game. Uh, they were so much better in every aspect than what Hornville was last night. What's going on with Hornville, bro? There's now three games in a row they get blown out. They got beat by 19 against Country Day, got beat by 19 against Bourgeois. Last night, the final score wouldn't indicate a blowout, but you and I were there. That one was a pretty lopsided game until that final run at the end. What's going on, bro? They're 18-12. and 12. Um, Don't look like they're playing their best basketball headed into the postseason. They got a trip. Oh, not a trip. They're playing home against Terrebonne tomorrow. Uh, it says a road game, but they flip-flopped the home and away. They're home against Terrebonne tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised if Terrebonne beat them tomorrow because Hanville, there's something going on, man. They're not playing the way that they did. This is a team that earlier in the season, we were mentioning this, beat St. Martin's Episcopal by 16. We'll tell you in just a second why that's a significant result. This is a team that beat Central Lafouche by 27. This is a team that beat Terrebonne, that beat East St. John. They don't look like a playoff contender, not in the last two games that I've seen them anyway. No, and if you you ask my opinion on there uh, about that, what's going on, uh, I don't think many people want to be a, be there. It, they got some disinterest. And honestly, right now. from the the top on down, watching that bench yesterday, I mean, they, I don't know, I I, I don't if it if just they're not prepared, uh, no adjustments during the game. How many times? Uh, and look, they had to kind of force the issue a little bit where Central was uh, Hornville was coming with some full court pressure. At least four times in a row, or maybe five even. There's a layup line. A layup. Yep. And I don't I didn't see any adjustments pretty much. They they just and I just think uh the Central Lafouche coaching staff had their team better prepared. They better executed, they made adjustments when needed. The whole the whole nine yards last night, uh, Central was just much better. Terrebonne gets a road win, survives 65-61 to 61 against Thibodeau. Terrebonne had to have it. Now their 20th win of the season. Man, I was talking about this this morning. Kudos to Coach Brown, man. 20 wins after what they lost last season to get back to that plateau is awesome. And I'll tell you this, 65-61 to 61 was the score last night. You guys better beat Thibodeau now because Thibodeau's very young. They're playing a lot of ninth and 10th graders. I've seen Thibodeau Middle School this year on the boys. The eighth graders that are coming up are going to be really good. You better catch Tony and them now because this is as bad as they're going to be for a while. Next year, they're going to be much improved. Man, I I can watch Thibodeau play every night. They play the right way. They're young. You can just see the confidence every game. More and more confidence. And when they can find a consistent way to score the basketball – this team is going to be a threat. I agree. 
St. Martin's gets a home win, 76-65 to over Vanderbilt Catholic. That game is significant because it moves Vanderbilt out of the top four in Division II select, which would mean that their quarterfinal matchup potentially could be on the road instead of being at home. Vanderbilt now will be taking on South Lafouche Friday. Just what the Tarpons needed, an angry Vanderbilt team that's going to be trying to get back on track. St. Martin's must be awfully good if you score 76 against that Vanderbilt defense, though. Now, can the Terriers uh, get back to? Pull it up. I was looking at it last night. I think that there's an outside shot because Lafayette Christian's not going to win their district because St. Thomas More is going to. So if they could pass up Shaw, which there's a slight gap, just a very small gap there, and then get the district championship PowerPoint, there is a slight possibility, but it's going to be tough for them. I do think they're going to pass up Lafayette Christian, though, because as I said, St. Thomas More is going to win that district. So Lafayette Christian won't get that PowerPoint. Um, let's see what Shaw got left. They've got, uh, yeah, they're going to probably beat oh, an 18 win 18 team. Win so it, it looks like to me on paper, at least Vandal is probably going to finish fifth. Probably going to finish fifth. Unless if Bell Chase upsets Shaw. So tough sledding there, and the Terriers might be on the road in the quarterfinals should they get there. St. James last night gets a 72-48 to win over Berwick. Um, good win for St. James. Let's take a look at some of this now. Division One non-select. Central Lafouche, I thought, leaving the gym last night, they're in. <laughs> they ain't in. They're 27th right now. They've got about a half of a PowerPoint lead over 28 Fountain Blue. They've got about, oh, six... Point five, or like .65 of a PowerPoint lead over 29 North Shore. Central Lafouche, if they beat HL Bourgeois tomorrow night, is going to be 100% in. If they lose and Fountain Blue defeats Pope John Paul, which is, let's see, a 21-win team, Central Lafouche could potentially get jumped by them. If they lose... And North Shore beats a 16-win Warren Easton team. They could potentially get jumped by North Shore. So Central Lafouche, if they want to guarantee themselves a spot, will pretty much have to beat HL Bourgeois. If not, you're at the mercy of the rest of the state. Fountain Blue, could they lose to Pope John Paul? Sure they could. Could they beat him? Sure they could. And then you look at, um, what would we say also North Shore? Could they lose to Warren Easton? Yeah, absolutely they could. But this is also a team that beat George Washington Carver and Bonneville earlier in the year. So they're certainly more than capable of beating Warren Easton. Interesting time, bro. But the easiest way for the Trojans to get in is to just go ahead and win on Friday. You don't want to have to be at the mercy of the rest of the state. And it helps the Trojans where they play in a 21 team, a win team. Uh, if they do lose, it, it, it would have 22 wins. Uh, you wouldn't, number-wise, wouldn't drop a whole bunch, but those two teams below you. 20-plus win victories potentially. Yes. for yeah, that, could, uh, that could shake some things up. If you're looking at it just on the surface, I think the most likely result would be Pope John Paul beating Fountain Blue. I look at Fountain Blue's results this season. They've played some quality competition and have struggled mightily in some of those games. Um, I think that would be more likely than the Warren Easton-North Shore game. I think North Shore stands a pretty good chance against Warren Easton. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. It's going to be very close. The team that's 26, Washington Parish, they they're are done. done. Yeah, they're so, finished. Uh, 
It's going to be tight, man. It's going to be really tight. And you know what? A lot of these teams, Central Lafouche and Terrebonne especially, one of those teams might end up playing HL Bourgeois in the opening round. The Braves are seventh right now. Right now they would be playing Wachita Parish, but if Terrebonne slips a spot or two or Central rises a spot or two, there we could very easily see district versus district there. We could very easily see district versus district with Hanville and East St. John. Hanville's 15 right now. East St. John's 18. So we very easily could see some very familiar foes going at one another in the opening round. Uh, you're looking at Bourgeois with the power rankings. They're 37-39. Did they get the extra point yet? Not yet. Not yet. So Fun yeah. time to do some math, my man. It's going to be an awfully exciting race to the finish. Ellender is trying to get in. They're 27th. If they beat Lutcher, they're in. If they lose, they're in the same situation. They're hoping for some help around the state. And then Division Two Select, as we said, Vanderbilt has slid to number six. They're going to get a PowerPoint for winning the district championship, a PowerPoint that Lafayette Christian will not get. But they've got to fight to stay ahead of Shaw. Looks like we could potentially have Vanderbilt and Shaw in the quarterfinals again. If that bracket were to hold up, this time it would be in New Orleans. Last time it was in Homa. Always the funnest time of the year. I love looking at these numbers and figuring all this crap out. Always a fun time of the year. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we'll have Gage Griffin of the Central Lafouche Trojans. His team yeah. got a big win last night. I know he's fired up. It's play-by-play. -play. We'll be right back after this. 3T Oil Change is an efficient, quick-loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! People just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Your good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. If you suffer from neck or back pain, get relief from the experts at Thibodeau Regional Spine Center. We'll start with an evaluation and develop a treatment plan just for you. We offer non-surgical treatment options and, if needed, minimally invasive surgery, which can mean a quicker recovery. Get relief from neck and back pain and get back to work and play with Thibodeau Regional Spine Center. Call 985-493-4501. 493-4501. Here's a word from Pastor Rick Warren. You can go 40 days without food. You can go about eight days without water. You can go, uh, I don't know, I think about three minutes without air at the maximum. But you can't go one second without hope. You cannot live without hope. Get hope every day from Rick Warren at dailyhoperadio.com. That's dailyhoperadio.com. My guy, my favorite athlete of all time, Tiger Woods, has just teed off at the Genesis Invitational. Want to take a guess of his score on the opening hole? Birdie. 
Birdie! We're one under par through one. We're on Tiger Woods watch. We're back, baby. We go to the phone lines now. We have Central Lafouche boys basketball coach Gage Griffin on the line. Gage, good morning, buddy. How we doing? Good morning. It's a great morning. I'm doing wonderful. I'm sure you yeah. are, partner. Big win for your team last night. You take it to Hanville. They made a little run at you there at the end, but it wasn't as close as the final score would indicate. Your team played exceptionally well, brother, and a time that y'all had to have it, y'all stood up big and got a big win. Thank you, and yes, they did. They rose to the occasion last night. They pretty much know that every game your season's on the line right now. They they didn't want to go home last night. It was all our seniors that we've been talking about, that was their last game in our home gym. We defended our home court very well. Hornville went and got us by a lot at their place. We took care of business at our place. Gage, I was hoping to wake up this morning and see a little bit more of a jump for you guys in the power rating numbers. It's still really tight, man. You guys have a slight advantage over 28 Fountain Blue, a slight advantage over 29 North Shore. Both of those teams play quality opponents on Friday, as do you. And you told me this through text message last night. You said, hey, we don't want to leave it in the fate of the rest of the state. You know if you beat HL Bourgeois, you're going to be in. But if you guys are unsuccessful there, you might need some help. It's going to be a very interesting 24 hours, will it not? <laughs> it very well will be. And, look, we don't want our fate in anybody's hands. I think that's what I told you last night. and It's completely true. It's still in our grasp. If we just go and take that Friday, we come in with another big, giant game this season to close it out, then, man, we ain't got to worry about the other stuff. And, yeah, we do need some help. And there's also East Ascension from the bottom because they may win their district and they get a whole PowerPoint if that happens. Mm. So if we just win, we don't have to worry about anything in the back. But if we lose, we need two out of three teams to lose. I don't want to rely on that. That sounds like the Saint season and how that ended. So uh, hopefully we come ready to play again. And, man, we had some people step up last night. We get some others to step up again for the biggest game of our season. That is our playoff game right there. Round one starts Friday for us. Coach, if we come in ready to go, then we're rolling. Woolridge last night made some big shots. And more important than making the big shots is that he looked confident taking them. All year long I've watched you guys play, and I've been like, hey, man, shoot the ball if you're open. He shot it with confidence last night, stepped up big, 17 huge points. Absolutely, he did. And, look, I even said in practice the day before, I was talking to my assistant coach, Jacob Allen, I said, man, I've been waiting all year for Jay Will, we call him, to step up, hit that big shot. And I was like, I feel like he's going to hit it when it matters. Last night it mattered a lot. He showed up, hit three big three-pointers for him. <laughs> Man, he was playing on another level, and I hope he keeps it up going into Friday with his confidence. Coach, your press break was really good last night, especially in that third quarter. Hanvo tried to pick up the tempo and tried to speed you up. There was one stretch that Brian and I were talking. You guys got like four or five uncontested layups in a row. You guys were getting it in, getting it to the middle, getting it down the floor, not a whole lot of dribbling, and we're turning that into an advantage to you guys in the second half. Absolutely. And, look, they stuck with the system last night. Everybody committed. We played as a complete team last night. It was wonderful to watch. Uh, we got up to 73 points. We haven't done that in a long time. And we broke the pressure very well. We handled the ball. Um, and when they did their little 2-1-2 kind of half-court press, we broke that with ease as well. Evan did a great job taking that ball in the middle 
and dishing it off when he had to and knowing, knowing when to shoot it. But if we could break pressure like that against HLB, which is another very tough defense, we'll, we'll be wonderful going into Friday night. Let's talk about that, man. You guys got HL Bourgeois coming up. The first go-around, they got you. They're very explosive. They're very athletic, very talented. How do you guys repeat the the same thing that you did the other night against Hanville where you make amends for an opening season loss and, and get them in the second go-around? Yeah, and look, it's always nice if you go get that first loss to motivate the team to be ready for that second one. It gives them a little more fire under them. It lets them know you don't want to be beat by this team twice and this team they're the district champion going in they have one loss in district and we want to be number two if we go and get that give them their second loss as a giant for us hopefully we come in and handle the pressure very well we need to do the little things i think that game's gonna be very close friday night if we limit our turnovers make free throws finish at the basket that's gonna be the difference in the game coach bourgeois has one of the best players if not the best player in the district and Chris Coleman, how you go about trying to slow him down? Look, it's very hard to slow him down, which first half when we played them at our place, we did a great job slowing them down. And then second half, he got to the foul line at will. I think he shot 23 free throws last time. So we could stay out of foul trouble. We just contain him like we did. It's going to be fine. I think he only hit one three-pointer against us in the last game. We're going to pressure him. We're going to look to play him similar to how he did number one last night. And hopefully it sticks. Hopefully our guys keep the intensity on him on defense, and we can't give them a second-chance opportunity. Late in the game, you caught a couple of timeouts as Hanville was trimming the deficit. What did you tell the boys to keep them focused? I told them to stay with it. I basically told them, guys, you got to keep your composure here. Things, things are going to get close. I was like, when they get tight, you got to get better. I looked at each and every one of them, and I said, guys, stay together in this game. You will pull us out. And when it looked like they were making their little run, we started making plays. We started taking care of the ball. We had two possessions when I think we ran 45 seconds or more off of the clock at the end of the game. We were disciplined enough to do that. And I'm just glad they pulled it together. Yeah, Coach, that was my question. Talk about that decision to spread the floor uh, a couple of times, like you just mentioned, 45 seconds. So I think one time was over a minute where y'all uh, ran clock. They didn't foul y'all, and y'all just got to uh, run more clock. Just talk about that decision late in the game. And, look, that decision was we, we started missing our shots a little bit more in the first half. Um, we went to the goal, I think, three or four straight possessions, shooting a contested layup or a jumper, and we went 0 for 4, and then they came down and scored all, all those misses. Um, so then we looked at it and we said, look, there's three minutes on the clock. They had a lot of fouls to give at the time. So then let's try to work this ball around. We don't need a score yet. I was like, only a layup for the next few possessions. And I think we went down, we ran a minute off the clock, had a layup, missed it, but then we got it back and ran more time off the clock. It was just to kind of get our guys to relax. And they moved. We had five people on the outside, the perimeter, kept going around and I'll call it stalling, but getting that time off the clock was a big key in closing it out. Gage, tomorrow you got a big one against Bourgeois. Tomorrow we got a big smackdown. The Rock and Roman in person, together, united as one. We got Heel Rock going, man. That's crazy. Never thought we would see that in the year 2024. I would have never expected that. If you told me that a few years ago, I would have called your bluff. 
but I think it's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, Rock and Roman in the same building. I think they're going to coexist for a while, but I just don't see the Rock staying with them right there. But it's going to be a nice little thing, and I think at the Elimination Chamber we'll see another interaction with them together with Cody and Rollins. Mm-mm-mm. You got your DVR set? Oh, it's set. We take <laughs> care of business at ATL, and then I'll go home and watch it on it. There you go. Sounds like a winner, bro. Thanks so much for the time, and good luck to you all tomorrow, bro. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yep, that is Coach Griffin with Central Lafouche. Got a big old win. Now they got to go to the reservation, take on HL Bourgeois. Um, Bourgeois beat them decisively the first time, 57-38. to 38. Uh, In that matchup, HL Bourgeois kind of teed off on Griffin a little bit, didn't let him get going. Hanvo tried to do the same thing last night, and I could argue that it backfired. They were trying to take the ball away from Evan. A, weren't all that successful in doing it, but he was still getting the ball and was still scoring. But B, while leaving other guys hoping they were making them pay. Woolridge made some big shots. Battles made some big shots. They had a lot of kids step up. Be curious to see what the game plan is tomorrow for the Braves on the reservation and against Central Lafouche. Yeah, it's going to be a, a great game. Uh, adjustments, what are going to be made? Who's going to make the right adjustment? And I think you're right. It kind of backfired where they were trying to guard uh, Griffin and take him out the game. But that allowed other people to step up. And, again, I've been saying it since last year. When Central moves the basketball, they are so much a better basketball team. And how many times they made the extra pass. Griffin got the ball very unselfish, made the pass to the opposite weak block for a layup, especially in that first half when things were rolling for him. But uh, Friday night is going to be a a, a very good game, and Central is going to have to score the basketball the way they did last night because Bourgeois can put up points. And, it's going to be a very good high school basketball game. I agree. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Let's catch a break when we get back. We'll remind you who's playing in the girls' basketball playoffs tonight and maybe talk about some teams we think may be moving on. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this here on KLEB. Hi, I'm Ashley Otan with Bless Your Heart Nonprofit. Please join us for Talk on the Bayou the second Wednesday of every month. Our mission is to enrich lives and inspire hope by addressing social, educational, and financial needs to support our great community. News alert from Golden Motors. 2.9% APR financing for 72 months on all 2023 and 2024 15 Silverado models for qualifying customers through GM Financial. These great deals are good through March 4th on all 2023 and 2024 1500 Silverado models. Golden Motors Highway 3235 on the back road and cutoff. Chevy, let's drive together. Price is priority. Not compatible with any other incentives. Welcome to No Wake Outfitters, located in Metairie, just east of Causeway Boulevard. Your one-stop fly shop, kayak, and sportsman outfitters. You can check out our new kayak demos and our new pool and seat casting demonstrations. We have a new selection of functional and comfortable apparel from your favorite brands for the cooler weather. And our dedicated staff is here and ready to provide you with the knowledge to make an informed purchase. Come on in to check out some of our exclusive brands, such as Rugged Road, Turtle Box, Orvis, New Canoe, Old Town, and oh yeah, New Canoe 2022 kayaks are now 20% off. No Wake Outfitters, 1927. Six Airline Drive in Metairie. 
It's Ram Truck Month at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams, long-lasting new pickups, or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Whether you need a truck for work or home life, the Ram will do its job. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We've got some local teams that are right now on a bus heading to who knows where in the state of Louisiana. East St. John is busing to Parkway out in the Shreveport area. Thibodeau busing to Neville is the Monroe area. We've got a bunch of girls basketball playoff games. Division one non-select. Destrahan is hosting Fountain Blue in a 16 versus 17. It starts at 6 o'clock today. Thibodeau taking on Neville. 9 versus 24 matchup at Neville. 6 o'clock start time. We got Parkway, the number five seed, hosting East St. John. That will be at 6 o'clock. Then we got number 12, Hanville, hosting number 21, North Shore, at 7 o'clock. Partner, I know we mentioned this earlier in the week. I would not be surprised. I think we're going to have chalk, by the way, in a lot of these games. I think Destrahan's going to win. I think Parkway is going to beat East St. John. I think Hanville's going to beat North Shore. The one that wouldn't surprise me in the least is if Thibodeau goes on the road and beats Neville. Thibodeau has played very well. In the second round of district play, they didn't lose a single game. That means you beat all the river schools. You beat everybody that's been in front of you. Coach Barba and her team are going to be ready. Don't be surprised if they go on the road and either win or play very, very close to a quality Neville team out in North Louisiana. Yeah, you said it's long travel. But uh, the boys did it a couple years ago where they made a major upset on the road. So anything can happen. And uh, heck, why not Thibodeau? Why not, they, they, they They're well-coached. They do the little things right. So if they can go on the road and handle that trip, I agree. It wouldn't shock me. One upset already in that bracket is number 19, East Ascension, last night beat number 14, Chalmette, 53-31. to A little rare that we don't see the game played on a Thursday, but they got it done on the Wednesday, and it's East Ascension who goes on the road and gets a 20-plus point win. Division two, non-select. We've got a handful of teams that we're paying close attention to including Lutcher, who's going to be on the road taking on St. Martinville today. And I say a couple teams. They're actually the only local team that made it in Division II non-select. This um, was Assumption finished number 29. How about that, man? We had South Evolution Assumption, both the last team out in their respective brackets. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, and very, very close. Division Three non-select. St. James is the number nine overall seed. They're going to be taking on Ville Platte today. Opportunity to get to the next round. Sterlington will be hosting uh, Patterson in a 6 versus 27. Mansfield, the 10 seed, will be hosting Berwick in a 10 versus 23. In that bracket, we already have number 7, Pine, who has defeated Port Allen 59 to 19. We go to Division 2, select the Vanderbilt Terriers are sitting on their hands. They're at home in the opening round. They await the winner between Washington Marion and Estruma on Monday. Washington Marion is the 15 seed. Estruma is the 18 seed. The winner of that game comes to Homa on Monday. E.D. White also sitting on their hands tonight. They're going to be awaiting the winner between number 13, De La Salle, and number 20, Academy of Our Lady. E.D. White is the number four overall seed, and they'll be playing at home throughout the tournament. 
until the top 28 should they be blessed to get there. So we got a couple of local teams sitting in a good spot in Division Two, awaiting results around the state of Louisiana. In that particular bracket, everybody's kind of chasing Lafayette Christian. They've got the number one player in the state in LSU commitment. They're the number one overall seed in that bracket. In Division Three, <clears throat> select. We've got a local team that will be playing, or a couple of local teams that will be playing home games, but in, in Division Three, it's just one. Homa Christian School today at 530 over at Val High. They will be hosting Sarah Reed. They're the 10 seed taking on number 23, Sarah Reed. The winner of that game travels to take on Glenn Mora on Monday. So Coach Celestine and his team. By the way, if you're a basketball fan in the area, uh, Val High is not a bad place to go tonight. You got Homa Christian hosting their playoff game at 530. Then we'll pause for about an hour or so. Then at roughly 8 o'clock, you got Homa Christian's men who are taking on CCA. That's a big regular season finale there. So oh, the old gym on Val High has got some activities tonight. Homa Christian trying to get a win and punch their ticket to the second round. Division 4 select. We've got, uh, let's see, we've got Central Catholic of Morgan City who owned an opening round by. They are the number 6 overall seed. They're going to take on the winner between Lewis McGee and Ascension Christian. And then you got CCA tonight hosting Riverside Academy. That game is at 6 o'clock at the Donner Gym, by the way. 361 Azalea Drive, Donner, Louisiana at the Donner Gym. 6 o'clock, CCA taking on Riverside Academy tonight for a chance to try to take on Highland Baptist in the second round. A lot of basketball, boys and girls. The girls' first-round playoffs, boys. Some of their games will move from Friday to tonight. Man, do we have enough officials to cover? Because some of our, yeah. I guess it is what it is, but the better officials are getting playoff games tonight elsewhere in the state. I didn't think about that, but yeah, I guess that is going to be a concern, right? We're going to be a little bit stretched thin. Hopefully we could uh, have some full crews, right? Because tonight we got a big one, Ellender boys taking on Lutcher. We told you the stakes. Ellender has to have that one. If If they lose that game, they're at the mercy of a lot of other schools that's not where you want to be. Um, Homa Christian and CCA, big old matchup there. Two rivals, two teams with a bunch of wins. The winner of that one's going to get some power points. Two huge games on the boys' side in our Yeah, area. and look at Homa Christian. The, first, the girls' game is going to have officials from out the area, so they're going to have to bring a boys' crew in just to do that one game. It's, it's uh, a lot of coverage tonight. You've seen Lutcher and you've seen Ellen. I know we broke that down a little bit yesterday, and you said you think Lutcher's size could cause them some problems. If you're Cornell, are you trying to press them and speed up the tempo? Like, how would you try to attack Lutcher tonight to try to get that big win? Yeah, Ellen is going to do what they do. They, uh, at, at times, if they can press, uh, they're going to rely on their guards. Look, against South of they got to the rim and scored well over half their points, probably 75%, 80% of their points in the paint. For that game, can they do that against a bigger Lutcher team? That I don't. I don't know. They may have to shoot from the outside, which they can. They can score from the outside. Also, they didn't have to do it against the Tarpons, but Coach Scott's gonna do what they do. I mean, he came on here play by play, and he mentioned pretty much. You know, they just worried about what they do, and not so much opponent game planning and stuff. So uh, we'll, we'll see. But it's gonna be a challenge. I think uh, if they can somehow. Have an answer for Lutcher's size. Maybe get them in foul trouble. Ellender at home at Terrebonne can uh, can get the victory, but it's going to be a little bit 
tougher road tonight than what it was last week. Want to give a couple of attaboys and a couple of girls before we wrap up this segment and go to Stan. Give an attaboy to Tucker Carlos, who signed yesterday with Coastal Alabama. Tucker Carlos is an infielder at Thibodeau High School, making his decision to go on off to the next level. We saw Tucker Carlos in the playoffs last year. Hell, he hit a big home run in one of the games last year. He was the nine-hole hitter. Uh, don't think he's going to be the nine-hole hitter this year because of all the graduations and different things. But he said that he chose Coastal Alabama because he clicked with the coach and felt like family. Uh, family. So Thibodeau High School, um, another good one. Congratulations to Mr. Carlos going off to the next level. That's always a good thing to see. And yeah, it's just the start. They're going to have several more playing on the next level. Yeah, I agree. Yesterday, we actually started our softball season around the area. I didn't realize until I got in last night that yesterday was opening day for softball. E.D. White picked up on their momentum last year where they played the number one team in the state in the quarterfinals and lost by a run. They got an 18 to nothing win against Central Catholic yesterday. So the Cardinals open up their season in style with Caden Landry and Ella Rodriguez shining bright in that one. H.L. Bourgeois. Got an 8 to nothing opening day win against De La Salle yesterday. The Braves got a complete game shutout from Aubrey Fuller, who struck out seven batters without a walk. Emily Kaiser and Briley Smith also had three hit games for HL Bourgeois. So the Braves get a win, take care of business. The Cardinals get a win and take care of business. And actually, HL Bourgeois is taking on South Lafouche today in the softball circle, the opening game for the Lady Tarpons. So, man, it's crazy. We've got softball going on. Monday is opening day for high school baseball. I'll be in attendance when the Tarpons take on, who is it? Um, oh, God. Uh, North Lake Christian. Uh, we will have that one here on the radio. It's uh, it's always that fun time. We're about ready to be st- spending some time in the sun, partner. Can't wait to see those opening season baseball and softball matchups and see who stands out in our area. Yeah, I'll try and make it Monday, but uh, not looking like it. But you never know. Things can change. and You're, you're questionable. Yeah, questionable on the. See, we kind of list the injury list, maybe or injury or the catfish list. Up in the head injury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so we'll be there, uh, and, and we'll see. You know who we'll have calling that one, but it's a big, big, big look. Chandler knows this. We we, we talk about it with him every Friday. When you're in Division One non-select, you can't afford to lose like ever because <laughs> you better win twenty plus games. If you want to even have a chance to get in, so right out of the gate, no pressure, but you can't in, ease into your season. Right out of the gate on Monday, it's a huge game for South Lafouche. Um, got to have it. At home, you're facing a team of a lesser classification. You got to have it. You better be ready to rock and roll on Monday. Yeah, opening day, uh, he shouldn't have to do much to get his team fired up. They should be ready to go. Should be ready to go indeed. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we got Mr. Stan Gravois who will be joining us. It's our Terrebonne General Thursday interview at the bottom of the show. Um, I'm going to go on a rant because we had some stuff that happened yesterday in Kansas City that should never happen in society. I'll be yelling and screaming at the bottom of the show. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this on KLEB. Home health services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health for the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. 
3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Set yourself up for success when planning your next event, whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras, rodeo, or outdoor music venue. Joe Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe Septic Contractors can supply 1810, three and two stall restrooms, air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere. Call 24 7. Planning an event? Visit Joe Septic at viscom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, Odessa, Texas, and Pascagoula, Mississippi. Welcome back to Play by Play. It's Thursday and it's exactly 12:15. We're on the ball today and we go to Mr. Stan Grava on our Terrebonne General Thursday interview. Stan, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? Uh, doing well. I hope uh, y'all are doing well also. We are indeed, my friend. Look, you said you're on the on the way home. You took a trip. Where are you in the world right now, Mr. Grava? I am uh, in the middle of Oklahoma. To tell you exactly oh. where I'm at, I have absolutely no idea. I'm, I'm headed towards Tulsa for a wedding, and at that wedding, we're uh, we're going to see our friend Lance Crochet there. Lance is actually the best man at the wedding that I'm going to, so it'll be a lot of fun. We'll be here till Sunday. Lance flying right back out to celebrate uh, Family Day with Central LaFouche High School Baseball on Sunday afternoon. So we're looking forward to it. Oh, that's a lot of fun, man. Happy to hear it. Um, it is that time of the year on the high school basketball side stand where everybody's a mathematician. Central Lafouche got a big win over Hanville last night. We thought that would be enough to give them a lot of cushion to get in. Yeah, it did not. They still got to win probably tomorrow or need some help. Vanderbilt lost a tough one to St. Martin on the boys' side yesterday. Well, what did that do? It knocked them out of the top four, which means that there's a pretty good chance in the quarterfinals if Vanderbilt makes it there, they may be on the road as opposed to being at home. It's all about the math now. You need a win and you need teams around you to lose or whatever it may be. It's crazy how this formula works every year, isn't it? It is. But I will say, once you start to get to this spot in the season, things start to settle in a little bit. So win, lose, or draw, it has to be an opponent with a lot, a lot of wins who is maybe a classification or two above you that you make a big move, or it's got to be somebody who's a lot lower, or it's just a situation where you're very tight with everybody else. And uh, I realize Simpson LaFouche is sort of in that situation right now. But it's everything. How, how you set yourself up for the playoffs these days is everything. It, it's The only way you're going to win is if you're in the right place in the bracket. I mean, I know that's an easy statement to make, but you got to sort of see where the least – 
path of resistance is. And uh, I think the loss by Vanderbilt probably wasn't a good one simply because of that. Look, we started uh, a couple weeks ago talking about playoff soccer pretty heavily. We've got two local teams still standing. The Vanderbilt boys will be playing tomorrow, I believe, at like 10 or 11. Uh, then Saturday, you got the Terrebonne girls, both of those matches at home. Crazy, man. We've got two teams trying to punch the ticket to the state finals, both of them playing at home, and we wish them nothing but the best of luck in their game coming up. Certainly do, and uh, we're really proud of those teams and uh, kind of grateful that our athletic trainers don't have to get on the road for either one of those games tomorrow. Vanderbilt, a perennial power, is sort of playing that nemesis, and that is university, because university is always really good in soccer, so that's going to be uh, uh, the perfect game, right? Because the seedings worked out perfect for that game. Luckily for Vanderbilt, they were the number two seed, and they'll be in Homa. And then the other one, I don't want to call it a surprise because Terrebonne's always really good. But semifinal good, not always, and they have a great one tomorrow. They got sort of lucky because it looked like they were going to have to take on a higher seed in Cato uh, Magnet. But Ben Franklin, who is always really good, and maybe because of their schedule, kind of worked out that their seating doesn't look quite as good as what Cato Magnus is. They're coming into town, and that's going to be a big one, too. So congratulations to John A. Bear and his girls, because uh, really tough to do. As a matter of fact, when you go scanning all of the brackets, you'll see that Terrebonne High School is, I think, one of only two public schools left in all of the brackets for soccer. So kudos to them. That's, yeah, that's unbelievable. I hadn't checked on that, but that's amazing. And look, you mentioned the uh, the Cato Magnet upset in that bracket. That match was seven to six, Stan. I've never seen a soccer match in the playoffs where both like I've seen some eight nothing mercy rules, but I've never seen one where both teams scored like that. Thirteen goals, goodness. Tells me Terrebonne's defense better be ready coming up in the next couple of days. Well, you you're enlightening me a little bit because I did not realize that was the final score. And if people out there who are not soccer buffs, not that I am either, but I do know this. That would equate to about a 63-57 to 57 <laughs> yep. score in yep. football. So that being said, that is really amazing. You don't hear of that very much. But you're right. That shows that Ben Franklin can certainly score it. So, yeah. But the one thing I will say, you know, John Hebert has always been extremely involved with the Blackhawks, the girls, the Lady Hawks, and things like that. He's seen this sort of competition throughout the state and actually throughout the southern part of the country. So that being said, I, I think they'll be okay. We got softball that started yesterday, and ironically enough, both of the local teams that played yesterday got wins. E.D. White got a decisive win over Central Catholic. H.L. Bourgeois got a decisive win over De La Salle. Baseball opening day is on Monday. But, you know, let's talk about softball for a second. Because at media day, it stood out to me. Like, all of our baseball coaches came in. They were all super optimistic. They all have reasons to be super optimistic because we've got so many great programs in our area. But on the softball side, Stan, I was taken away by how many coaches came in and said, hey, we were super young last year, barely had any seniors, got just about everything back, and I think this is going to be a brighter softball year this year compared to last, and that's saying a lot because we had a couple of teams go to sulfur last year. Yeah, I think we have a lot of pitching in our area, and I think that's where it all starts in softball and baseball. I think, you know, a lot revolves around what you have in the circle or on the mound, and I think we're very fortunate. And I think some of those teams are actually too deep. I know Vanderbilt's got two young ladies 
who really can pitch it. Uh, Homer Christian's got a young girl. And, and when I say young, they're all young. They're yeah, all like real young. So that being the case, I think it's going to be this way for a few years to come. If you would ask me, how do you build your program in both baseball and softball in our area or any area for that matter? Uh, and what do you kind of hope comes around during the season? I would say it's I hope I get the pitching and I'll make defense or I'll manufacture runs or I'll teach kids how to bunt, 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 bunt just to get a run here and there. But pitching is everything, and I certainly do think we have it in the area. I did not know if, you know, HL would have it. I know that Coach Terrio there was talking about his team and feeling like this was a good year for them because he didn't lose a lot of seniors. So uh, evidently that panned out just perfect for him. And, and Edie White is always in the mix. And, and I think, you know, she's probably, Julie's probably got a couple of girls that play basketball that are going to help her too. So I think it'll only get better there. Stan, the evil empire from Lake Charles is making the voyage to Thibodeau on Saturday. Will Wade and the crew fresh off of a 51-point win against Houston Christian. It's first place versus second place in the Southland Conference. Nichols is trying desperately to sell out Stouffer Jim. They're going to have some help because word on the street is McNeese is bringing two fan buses to Thibodeau. Saturday, Will Wade coming to town. I cannot wait. That's going to be so much fun. The environment in Stouffer Gymnasium should be unreal. Yeah, unfortunately going to miss that one. Made a lot of games for Nichols this year, and that would have been the one that probably of all of them I would have circled to make sure to see. Listen, if the Colonels go out and play well, I think they have a shot at this. Obviously being at home, I know they're going to have to get on the road and take them on in Lake Charles late in the year. But the fact is, you got to try and win those home games when you get your conference opponents first round. The team I can't figure out in that conference, because, you know, seeing a lot of Nichols games this year, I thought, like, Lamar was the team, right? Yep. And uh, the Cardinals couldn't get past Lamar in both of the outings against the Cardinals, yet they got four losses. So I kind of went and looked at their game against, McNeese and it wasn't horrible and then you got the Colonels who take care of Corpus Christi who's supposed to be pretty good so it, it's sort of hard to figure out but I, w I would venture to say if, if Nichols has any chance of winning the conference it has to be a home win against McNeese this Saturday. Yep I agree with you man um, look we got college baseball starting on Friday I've already been told, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this on the air, but I'll say it anyway, Jacob Myers is getting the ball on opening day for the Colonel. Surprise, surprise, right? LSU is going to be giving the ball to Thatcher Hurd in their opening game. Then they got Hallman, the transfer from Alabama, who will be throwing on Saturday. I'm super excited to see both teams, man. You got the Colonels who are defending the Southland Conference title. You got LSU who's defending a College World Series title. I think both teams have a lot to be excited about in their own way. Can't wait to see it, my friend. So super stacked. Oh, stoked to see college baseball again. Yeah, I love college baseball. As a matter of fact, just to backtrack on this trip we've taken, obviously I went to see my son in the Woodland, Texas, at the beginning of this journey. And then my wife and I just sort of have been moseying through Texas the last couple of days. We went to Waco and spent a night. And I got to tell you, the facilities at Baylor, baseball facilities, or like unbelievable. I know it's not the seating that you have at an Alex Fox, but we passed through College Station to see what they have. We last night stayed in Dallas, and we were right off the SMU campus. All of this stuff is like mind-boggling to me how good it is here. I know I'm a little off-topic, but they're all gearing up for baseball, and they all have home series. 
starting this weekend, so you can kind of feel it in the air, right? And then softball, actually, at Baylor University, that was a softball game. And you, boy, you talk about a stadium, a nice little softball stadium. So that being said, yeah, I, you know, I'm a baseball guy. I love going to sit out and watching the game. So I'm really excited about it. Wish I could be there for the Colonel Coma opener. I uh, feel like that is going to tell you a lot. For you to say Jacob Myers is starting, I, I have to tell you, Casey, that's not the biggest scoop you've ever made <laughs> <laughs> in, your, in your career as, as a reporter. But that being said, I would have loved to have seen just his first outing because I fear, you know, <laughs> heck, it's probably going to be his last year at Deco. So uh, I, hope he's had, I hope he has a great, great year. And it was really interesting to see, look, the Colonels are usually the team that doesn't generate a whole lot of respect from around the conference. And, you know, in the preseason, they're sometimes picked to finish seventh or, you know, whatever. They usually don't get a whole lot of respect. They're the preseason Southland Conference champions, man. So I think a big part of their year is going to be how do they handle being the team that is being hunted as opposed to being the hunters, which is what they were last year. I agree, but I got to tell you, Coach Silva's got an attitude, man. I mean, a good attitude. Yeah, yeah. Not like a bad attitude. His attitude is really good, and I think the entire conference feeds off of it. Not just Nichols, not just Thibodeau. I think everybody's kind of looking at him going, ooh, that guy's confident. I hear, listen, I, I was not able to make the first pitch banquet, but I hear his speech was basically, we've got the best team in the Southland Conference. We're going to win the Southland Conference. Not only that, People are going to be surprised around the state because you're going to find out that we're one of, if not the best team in the state of Louisiana. He just exudes that sort of confidence that I think everybody feeds off of. It ought to be a great year for Nichols. We haven't spoken since the Super Bowl. You get the Kansas City Chiefs doing what the Kansas City Chiefs do. They get the win in overtime. I was a little surprised that San Francisco won the coin toss and maybe we're a little confused by the rules. They chose to play offense instead of playing defense. The Chiefs uh, on offense had four downs to play with, went down the field and scored the touchdown. It was a really good game, really dramatic game, but Andy Reid and the crew win their third in five years. It was another night where the Chiefs flexed their muscles and frankly showed us that the regular season doesn't matter a whole lot for teams with that championship pedigree because Kansas City looked dead to rights. All they got to do is get in and they'll be a weapon. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I'm not so bent out of shape of what happened after, you know, related to the uh, overtime period. I mean, that's, you know, quite honestly, if you get the ball and you go down the field and you score a touchdown, you've done all you could, and I think that's what they were shooting for. So I'm not I, – I don't blame what happened in the game necessarily on that. I just think that Patrick Mahomes is really, really good. Like, like one day we might be putting him in the same breath as Tom Brady related to – you know, Super Bowl wins, and that's something special. Now, I will say this, and and, and, and first, I have to be clear, I, I really didn't have a dog in that hunt. I could care less kind of who won it. They're both blue bloods, you know, so. But I will say this. I noticed, and this was first seen in a meme after the game, this is hard to fathom for me. The Chiefs have not been penalized for an offensive holding in the last three Super Bowls that they played in. Oh, wow. Now, think about that. Now, so what I did was is I went back and looked at the regular season. And when you look at the regular season this year, they had a dull period. You know that period where we didn't think they were very good and we didn't think they could get back mm -hmm. to the uh, Super Bowl? In that period is when they had their 
just an influx of offensive holding penalties. And then they went away at the end of the year. And then in the playoffs, they got none. And, I, you know, I, listen, I still think Mahomes is great. I still think the best team won the Super Bowl. But, man, if you want to be a conspiracy theorist, you could sit there and go, that is strange. Can you, how do you not get one holding penalty in the last three years of playing in the Super Bowl? It's pretty mind-blowing, especially considering that there were some plays on Sunday where they were holding and they didn't get called. There's one play I could think of on a third down where Mahomes would have gotten his, his head taken off if not for the left tackle kind of horse-collaring the defender. I didn't realize that. That was crazy. Um, Stan, Brian and I have been talking about this throughout the course of the week. I didn't like the Super Bowl commercials. And I think that we're in a period in society now where we're not going to get a whole lot of good Super Bowl commercials anymore because we're such a gotcha society. People are so afraid to be funny these days that I don't know that we could do comedy like that anymore. Uh, that's a good point. I agree with you. I think that's a good point. The best commercial I saw wasn't even during the Super Bowl. It played after. And listen, maybe it did play during the Super Bowl, and I missed it. Maybe you guys remember it. It was a State Farm commercial where now they're using Arnold Schwarzenegger yep. in it. Yep. And I thought, I thought that's pretty funny. But they didn't play it. it. It wasn't. Maybe State Farm just said, "I'm not shelling out that kind of money for a Super Bowl commercial." I don't know what the deal is. But that being said. Yeah, I thought they were all very, very average at best. Uh, this year, we, you know, I sat and watched it. I got to be honest with you, at the very end of the game, I kind of just buzzed out on the game because, like I said, I had no dog in the hunt, although I thought it was, you know, probably an exciting game. Uh, the commercials certainly didn't do anything for it. A lot of the pregame I sort of had enough of. And I told y'all, you know, probably last Saturday, I didn't mind all of the Taylor Swift stuff, but the immediate moment we turned on the television, it was Taylor Swift, and it was like, okay, I hope this is not the entire game. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's what it is. I get it. And uh, it could be a far worse thing where it was people who were not just good people that they were concentrating on. So uh, I think it is good people they concentrated on, and it's okay. I, it's sad what happened at that parade yesterday. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, what that's about, if that's all sort of gang-related and stuff, how silly. And to think that's in Kansas City, man, you know, I just got to go home and say a little prayer for my grandchildren because I don't know what kind of world they're going to be bringing out of They're going to be brought up in. The next Super Bowl will be in New Orleans. There has already been some speculation as to who the halftime show might be. We have a rich music history. There's people saying, you know, maybe Little Wayne or whatever it may be. What did you think of what did you think of Usher, man? Look, it's not it's not your generation of music. It's more my generation of music. Was he was big whenever I was in junior high and high school, whatever it may be. But if for nothing else, he at least put on a pretty good show, man. The damn dude was singing on skates, man. Like that's not even possible. What did you think of the halftime show? No, I had absolutely no problems with it. None whatsoever. Uh I think, uh, uh, what's her name, Alicia Keys is a great singer. I did hear on the radio where they ha they've, the NFL has already redubbed the beginning of one of her songs because her voice, voice cracked. A <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a little weird. You know, so what? I mean, it's live. I, I like the idea that's live, and you're right. That's, that's you know, Usher. I've never had a problem with Usher or any of those people. I do think now you're going to see a R&B halftime 
for the rest of eternity. And I wish they would sort of gear it to whoever is the host, right? Like if it does come in New Orleans, I wish it would, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, rocking dupes to get out there having a good time. I mean, that's not what we're going to see. Your music in New Orleans, and then you threw out Little Wayne first. I was thinking, ah, there's some other guys I would have thrown in there too. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, you're probably right. That's probably who it's going to be. We're probably going to see Little Wayne. I just hope uh, we don't make Louisiana look too too bad in that one. The question that I've been asking a lot of my friends, and we asked Taylor Griffin this same question yesterday, and you mentioned it earlier, how Mahomes has the opportunity to maybe someday pass Tom Brady, which felt when Tom Brady retired, like that was mission impossible and would never happen. Is Patrick Mahomes closer in your estimation to Tom Brady than LeBron James is closer to Michael Jordan? What say you? Oh, yeah. I agree. In my mind, in my mind yes. And listen, I don't think Mahomes is going to get there. Well, it depends on, you know, I don't think he's going to get there in number of wins in the Super Bowls as Tom Brady did. As a matter of fact, I think, we may see it start to wane because what they've done is really amazing. But, yes, yes, I think when it's all said and done, we're going to be looking at Mahomes and saying he just sort of turned everything on his ear. Where can you find another one like him? And I don't think that you can. And if people are expecting it to be Caleb Williams or somebody like that, I don't, I don't think you can. I think Joe Burrow is great, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not that kind of player. And I think Joe Burrow may win a couple of Super Bowls. But he's not Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, as I said when we were watching the game, I've never seen anybody extend plays like him. Probably because they weren't calling holding on the Chiefs. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he just he, – a play, a play is never over with Patrick Mahomes. So, so let me ask you this. Um, we saw Drew Brees and Sean Payton have a wonderful decade-long relationship. And when Drew Brees retired – Sean Payton's offense wasn't the same, and it's still not the same now in Denver. We saw Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have a wonderful relationship. Tom Brady leaves, goes to Tampa, wins the Super Bowl. Belichick gets run out of New England. When Andy Reid retires, because by all accounts, in the next couple years, he's going to be shutting it down. Will Mahomes still have that same level of success, or is he kind of dependent on the coach as much as he is his own greatness? No, I think he's a little bit different. I think he's his own greatness. And I actually, I think Drew Brees would have been, too. Yeah. I think, I think Drew Brees could have played with somebody else and still been great. Maybe not as great, but great. So, yes, I think that Mahomes can carry on, and I think that the Chiefs will probably keep somebody there. You know, so, anyway, I, I think uh, oh, I'm looking at a – I'm coming up on a toll here, so. But anyway, uh, that being said, no, I, I would say that Mahomes, Mahomes is, is the man. There you go. Well, look, partner, we thank you so much for the time. Safe travels. Have a wonderful time. And, uh, man, have a great time at the wedding. Thank you. You guys take care. Yep. That's Mr. Stan Grava with our Terrebonne General Thursday interview. Stan does, shouldn't have to pay tolls. Come on, man. That's a local celebrity they're dealing with. Trying to make that man pay tolls. Come if on. they only knew. Yeah, it's their honor to have him in Oklahoma. That, that's going to be fun, though, going to Oklahoma for a wedding. and They would pay him, here's five bucks. Yes, <laughs> that's, how it, that's how it should work. Um, what do you think? you think Mahomes is going to still be super successful when Andy Reid hangs him up, or do you think that it's partially based on the system? 
I, I think it has to do a little with the system, but um, I, I don't know if he can keep up all what he's doing right now. That's a high standard. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's made the and, AFC championship game every year of his career. And I just – I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But all this three-peat stuff, that's going to be tough. You know, and I didn't realize this. You know who won a Super Bowl ring on Sunday? I'll give you a hint. No. I'll give you a hint. He's the best quarterback in New Orleans Saints history. Huh. Stumped? Yeah. Ian Book, Super Bowl champion. Get Ian out of here. Book. He's the third-string quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Ian Book got a ring before Derek Carr. Ian Book won Super Bowl. Drew Brees won Super Bowl. Now they're finally level eye-to-eye in their place in Saints history. Congratulations, Ian Book, an all-time great for New Orleans, a Super Bowl champion. What's in that bottle? (laughs) (laughs) Really? Ian Book bringing home the hardware. Well, when they give him the ring, his hands are going to be shaking so much like in that NFL game. How does a guy like that (laughs) still be in the league? He he played a Monday night football game and was terrified. I felt so horrible for him watching that. But now he is a Super Bowl champion, taking his rightful place amongst the NFL greats. Let's catch a break when we get back. I'm going to be yelling and screaming because some stuff that happened in Kansas City yesterday pissed me off. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third-grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back, too. Through good times and the not-so-good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm Agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. When you're sick, you want to be close to home. World-class medicine doesn't require a trip to the city because the best care is close to home at Thibodeau Regional. We're continually adding new services, and our team of physicians has grown to more than 250. That's a lot of doctors. More doctors, more services, treating more conditions. And keeping more families healthy. World-class medicine, right here, close to home at Thibodeau Regional. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick-loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! I'm Jim Harper president of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Agriculture is big business in our state. $11 billion a year for Louisiana's economy. When other businesses had to shut their doors, our essential Louisiana farmers and ranchers continue to provide each of us with the food and fiber we need to survive. That's why I'm a proud member of the Louisiana Farm Bureau family. Visit LAFarmBureau.org, the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Start your day off with a fresh brewed cup of Mellow Joy, the original Cajun coffee company since 1936. It brings members to Louisiana's rich culture, available in dark, medium roast, decaf, and full line of flavored specialty coffees. 
Mellowjoy is available in selected grocery stores in your area. To begin receiving Mellowjoy at your office, call 1-86-MELLOJOY. C'est le café du Mellowjoy, c'est de plus joie. Through four holes, Tiger Woods is even par at the Genesis Invitational four shots off the lead. I got to tell you, bro, I'm watching uh, my ESPN Plus. It's really weird to see Tiger not in Nike gear, man. He is in his new tailor-made uh, Sunday Red gear that he is rocking. But it's weird to see him not having that check on his hat, that check on his shirt. Um, actually, just parred the fifth, so even par through five. Yet, <clears throat> excuse me, yesterday... We had a, hmm, I've got to choose my words wisely, a horrible situation in Kansas City where during the Chiefs Super Bowl parade celebration, a group of jackasses decided to open fire following a dispute that left one person dead and 22 people injured. This is something that since yesterday... I saw it happen. My initial reaction was obviously sadness because it is incredibly sad that humans can't gather together to celebrate a world championship for the city's football team without pulling out guns and shooting people. But then as that sadness drug on and I read more and more on social media about this, it became anger and fury because right now in society, we have so many people who lack empathy for one another and who want to take events like this and make them political talking points. I saw yesterday so much elephant and donkey talk, so much blue and red talk, so much, oh, we need to pass this law, we need to pass that law talk. We could do whatever we want with guns in this country. It's not going to stop criminals from being criminals. We can make owning a gun illegal for certain people. It's not going to stop criminals from being criminals because guess what? Murdering someone is illegal, and that didn't stop what happened yesterday from happening. Didn't scare the suspects from making it happen. As a society, why in the hell can't we just... Look, I remember after 9-11, and 9-11 was a far more widespread deal than yes, this yesterday. I'm not comparing the two apples to apples. I'm not. But after 9-11, in a pre-social media world, we weren't concerned about, you know, oh, we got to change this policy. We got to change that policy. Oh, it's the damn Democrats' fault. It's the damn Republicans' fault. We were worried about how are we as Americans going to get through this. George, George Bush, a Republican president at the time, threw out the first pitch a couple days later at a Yankees game, and everybody, red, blue, donkey, elephant, cheered, applauded because we were all Americans in that moment. Why is it that now today we have become so politicized and so social media dependent that everybody feels like they got to turn a tragedy into their own political platform to talk about what we should or should not be doing in Washington, D.C.? Is it that damn hard to just love other people and be peaceful with other people and value human life? That's bigger than guns. That's bigger than laws. That's bigger than red. That's bigger than blue. Cut the crap and love your neighbors again. Because it's absolutely pathetic 
the fact that people can't celebrate in the streets without at being at risk of getting shot and killed. We lost Miss Lisa Lopez Galvan, a radio DJ who was minding her own business yesterday, got killed because some jackasses decided, I'm going to go cause an argument at a parade. I'm going to fire shots. I'm going to kill one, and I'm going to injure 22 others. And that's not even counting the hundreds, if not thousands of people who are mentally injured, who are going to struggle to ever go back to an event like that for the rest of their life. We want to talk about, oh, gun control. Save that, almost just said a bad word. Save that crap for another day. We got people that have been killed, people who are critically injured. And instead of focusing on the root of this, which is that people don't have respect for one another anymore, people don't value other people's lives anymore, we're focused on, oh, it's the Republicans' fault. Oh, it's the Democrats' fault. Get the damn politics out of it. I don't give a damn about your red. I don't give a damn about your blue. We all bleed the same thing. We're all human beings. It was disgusting yesterday seeing the reaction of some people in social media. And their first instinct in the middle of a tragedy is not to say, oh, my God, I'm praying. Oh, my God, this is terrible. It's to try to blame somebody else and to try to blame another party or blame another entity take those damn political chains that are holding you down off and be a human being again and if more people did that we would have less instances like this and we would maybe be able to go out in the public without being at risk to get shot and killed every time we leave our house this infuriated me yesterday you asked the question uh is it that hard for people to get along it shouldn't be but apparently it is is. crazy it is why? I mean, it's it's ridiculous, but it is. And they, you mentioned they can talk gun control all, all they want, and it's it's just drugs are illegal. Do people yeah. not do drugs? Come on, man. And I and I think that's what it, it, it's a it's a drug problem too. That these people you can't be in their right mind. Uh, you talk mental health and all this. It, it goes way beyond, and. It seems like after every tragedy, there's just it's more talk and more BS, and not much is done. We need, we need more adult role models in this country desperately. We need more people who are not bought for and purchased by political parties in this country desperately because the fact is that amongst the 22 people who were injured yesterday and amongst the one that was killed, we had children. Half of the people injured were under the age of 16. Can you imagine? I'm not a parent, right? I'm not a parent, so I'm not speaking from firsthand experience. But there are several children in my life that I I love like they would be my own. And if I had to bring them to this championship parade yesterday, I would think when we're leaving the house, this is going to be one of the funnest days in this child's life. They're going to remember this forever. The football team that we love so much won a championship, we'll go celebrate with our city, we'll see Patrick Mahomes, we'll see Travis Kelsey, and now to think that that thing that was supposed to be so good is going to be something that could potentially mess with those young people's minds for the rest of their life because of the stupidity of a couple of people who decided they're going to go cause an argument and shoot up the place, it's ridiculous, man. Absolutely ridiculous. I could not have been more angry yesterday seeing that this happened and then seeing how people reacted to this happen. Unbelievable. There was three detained. I don't know if there's any arrest yet. Yeah, three have been detained. I'm sure we're going to get some arrests and some charges. And 
And, and look, I, I heard a stat yesterday. I, I think yesterday might have been, I, I might get the numbers wrong, but I'll just say maybe the 45th day of the year. And and, we, and there was something like 46 mass shootings. 46 Something like shootings. that. Already this year. It, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And what's even more unbelievable is that there are people who think that we could just pass a blanket law and make that never happen again. Yeah, it's not. No. That, that's not real life. That's not reality. Um, but anyway, that's, that's neither here nor there. The NBA moves to the NBA All-Star Weekend. That's going to be in Indiana. The Pelicans go to the All-Star break with a win last night. Boy, they didn't play well, but they did get a win last night. Uh, beating the Charlotte, not the Charlotte Hornets, my apologies, beating the Washington Wizards 133 to 126. The Pelicans enter the All Star break with a 33 and 22 record. Zion Williamson was good last night, had 36 points, six rebounds, eight assists. CJ McCollum was good last night, 26 points. The Pelicans enter the All Star break playing pretty well. I got to tell you, man, if I were New Orleans, I wouldn't want the All Star break right now. I'd want to keep going. I think this is going to cut off some of their momentum a little bit. Pelicans are 11 games above 500. The problem with that is the Western Conference is so damn good that they're still barely hanging on to a spot in the top six. It's going to be a fun second half of the year for New Orleans, assuming that they could stay healthy. Yeah, that's the, that's the big question. they got to stay healthy. Uh, so far, yes, for the most part. Uh, still at 11 games over 500. Look, man, I still think the key for this team here Get into a series, and if you can somehow win a series, man, that, that would be huge. But that's a long ways away. Uh, they ain't consistent right now. They got to find some consistency uh, after the break, and hopefully they can stay healthy, like you mentioned, and see if they can make a run. 11 games over 500. I mean, that's not. That's good stuff. Yeah, it is. They, and uh, just like you mentioned, the West is sort of uncompetitive, but. Uh, if they can get in and somehow just win a series. Yesterday, um, Draymond Green showed that he is still Draymond Green and all of the therapy and all the nonsense that he did during his sabbatical um, meant nothing. Um, didn't get ejected from the game, but during a skirmish, he was motioning to the Clippers huddle he did one, and I'm, I'm doing this with my fingers, one, two, three, four, to show, hey, I'm a four-time champion. And then he gestured like stabbing someone, stabbing the air. This dude is off, <laughs> off his rocker. Um, by the way, Draymond, your team blew a fourth-quarter lead and the Clippers beat your ass last night in your building. Oh, yeah, without Kawhi Leonard. And, oh, yeah, Paul George fouled out in the middle of the second quarter. This dude's off his rocker. He is absolutely nuts. He is he is he's crazy. He he is since coming back, he has started a rivalry with Nurkic. He has, you know, done crazy things yesterday to the to the Clippers. The guy is is he's AWOL. He's he's nuts. He's absolutely nuts. Yeah, he is. And you believe that nonsense therapy and all that was it was, it that was a nothing show. happened. Yes. That it was, was, it was a show. Yes. Um if he were on another team, as I have long said, and Golden State fans call me out on this, I think that his career, he was in the perfect situation for him. He was playing with some kind of soft star players in Curry. And, oh, here we go. You got some of the video. Watch, if, see if he, uh, if you get the, I'll show you oh, the clip. he took an now. elbow to the face. Oh, poor Draymond. Um, 
if he were on another team, would he be as well known as he is now? I feel like he was in the absolutely perfect situation throughout his entire career. Would he still be this all-star if he was playing for the no, Atlanta No, no way. No way. Okay. I'm glad yeah, you Yeah, no there. way. I'm glad that you agree there, Biz. I'm 100% on board of that. I think that he is the right place, right time, you know, right guy situation there. Um, and he just frankly has been kind of lucky throughout the course of his career. Um, we talked about the NBA All-Star Weekend. Do you watch the All-Star Game at all, man? I know there's no defense. Do no, you, do, you, no. do you watch the three-point contest or the dunk contest at all? I, I may this watch year, some of it. Curry's going up against a, a WNBA player in the, in the three-point competition this year. That'll be kind of neat. Yeah, I might watch some of that, but as far as the game goes, there's no way. I um, Yeah, I probably won't be watching a whole lot either. Harden didn't make it. There's no reason for me to watch. Um, let, I often say, and we would we would never see this, right, because I think egos get involved and People don't want to lose, quite frankly. I often say the NBA has the opportunity to have the best All-Star weekend. Can you imagine if we took 16 of the best players in the world and had a single elimination 16-person one-on-one tournament? I think that would be amazing. Can you imagine a one-on-one game, LeBron James against Giannis or Kevin Durant against whoever? And the winner gets like a million dollars at the end? That would be incredible. Can you imagine the complaining? <laughs> oh, yes. Nah. Oh, yes. And I, you would have to pay the officials a oh. billion dollars to get them to agree to do it. Yeah. But, my God, it would be so damn entertaining to see. Um, yeah. Uh, it. <laughs> there would be some gripes. There would be some people that would be unhappy with the officiating should that take place. But I would be, I know for one, I would be glued to it and I'd be watching it like a hawk. In the NCAA today, on the men's basketball side, we got kind of a light slate. Purdue, the number two team in the country, is taking on Minnesota. 18, St. Mary's taking on Pepperdine. And Florida Atlantic, the 24 team, taking on Temple. Um, There's some whispers right now that your boy Ron Hunter, who's Tulane Green Waver hosting SMU tonight at 6 o'clock on ESPN+. There's some whispers that he's on the hot seat. Tulane has not had a good year this year. They're 13 and 10. They're four and seven in the American. Um, what do you think? You think that he is playing for his job down the stretch here? The Green Waiver four and seven in the conference. A lot of folks thought that they would be better than that. They played number 24 Florida Atlantic earlier in the year and lost by a point, and really never have recovered since then. They got a win against Memphis. That was a great win. But since that win against Memphis, they've lost four out of five. They're very inconsistent. They don't play much defense. They give up 90, 100 points pretty much every game. Do you think he's coaching for his job here in the last month of the year? I would hope so. Uh, I don't think he's a good fit. I think he had a shot at it, and he didn't produce. And it's a struggle right now for him, and I, I think his seat should be very hot. Hmm. Would it, Yeah, I, I would – do you think it's like, do you think it's the academic restrictions? Like what 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 causes them problems? I know that football, uh, Fritz was always fighting, you know, hey, he would want to get such and such player in, but such and such player couldn't qualify to get in. Like, is it the academics? What is it that that causes the problems? Man, you think? I think some of that might hurt to an extent, but now that the times that we live in with NIL deals and the the portal and all that. I, you might be able to overcome some of it. And yeah. 
I, I just, I don't know. I don't think he's adapting or adjusting to it. Um, I, 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 I said this earlier in the year. I think it's time for a, a change over there with Tulane. Mm-hmm. I really, I really hope they, they look at it. And, uh, and you got a guy from LSU. He comes in and he leaves. You know what happened? How, how do you let him leave? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, they had Jalen Cook. They would be better than what they are right now. Um, how does that happen? <laughs> Especially whenever he had left LSU wants to come to you. Um, LSU baseball starting their season on Friday, so tomorrow. And actually, they'll be pretty close to first pitch when we're still on the air. They're playing. No, they will be. No, 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 I'm sorry. They'll be pretty close to first pitch. They start at 2 o'clock tomorrow uh, against VMI. Jay Johnson announced that Thatcher Hurd is getting the ball on opening day. LSU plays VMI twice this weekend, Friday and Sunday. They play Central Arkansas Saturday and Monday. The Tigers have a retooled roster filled with some transfer players, but also filled with the number one recruiting class in the country. This weekend we'll see some of those guys. Jake Brown, you know, five-star recruit freshman, um, We're going to see Johnson, the big lefty pitcher. We'll see a lot of these guys, and it'll be very exciting to see, A, can the Tigers' offense be as good this season despite some of the guys that they lost? They still have Tommy White there. Still got Hayden Travinsky there. You still got some big old sluggers. And then the second part is I think their pitching, frankly, is going to be better than it was last year. You don't have Paul Skeens there who was a cheat code, and every Friday he would lock you down. But you got a lot of depth, man. You got Ackenhausen back off your championship team. Griffin Herring back off your championship team. You get Hallman, the guy who was the ace in Alabama last year. He You brought him in. You got a bunch of high school pitchers that you brought in. Thatcher Hurd is back. I think on the in the pitching side, they'll be better than they were last year. I'm super excited to see how Jay Johnson and the Tigers handle the expectations of trying to defend the national championship. Can't wait for tomorrow afternoon to watch them play VMI. How, how important you think it is for them to start fast, if at all? Yeah, p- pretty when, important. I think it's pretty important. Then uh, they got a schedule that's set up for them to start fast. They don't play anybody until the end of the month when they travel to Houston to take on Rice. Um, but look, more important than the wins and the losses is I want to see. I would rather see eight to nothing wins then I would rather see 11-7 to seven wins. You don't want to be giving up runs in these early games against these nobodies. That would lead you to believe your pitching might not be as strong. I would like to see a lot of opponents being held to three runs or under in these, in these uh, non-conference games to let you know that your pitching might be good enough because last year, you outscored everybody. This year, don't know that you'll be able to do that. You're going to have to rely on your pitching and your defense a little more, and hopefully they get off to a really strong start to the season. Got a, I mean, pressure coming back, the national champs, number one recruiting class. You're going to have some pressure on those guys. Oh, yeah, for sure. Look, Jay Johnson's mm-hmm. doing something that's unique. A lot of folks don't realize this, and I didn't realize this until I saw it on the schedule. LSU's not playing a home night game until the second month of, month of the season. They're playing all of these early season games at the box during the day. A, Jay Johnson said he didn't want his arms to be exposed to overly cold weather at the night. B, he says it gives them the ability, hey, if it's raining in the afternoon, we could still play at night. He said he didn't like that he had a bunch of rainouts and delays and everything. So, yeah, until March, LSU's not playing a night game in Alex Box Stadium. We got a lot of midweek and Friday games at like 1 and 2 p.m. 
that's kind of interesting, but it's also kind of different. We'll be curious to see if the crowd still turn up big for some games against nobodies that are not going to be at night while people are still at work. Yeah, I think the crowds are going to be there. I tend to agree with you. I think that uh, the crowds will certainly be following their Tigers throughout the course of the year. Uh, does LSU play Nichols? Yes, they do on April the 23rd. So the Tigers will be taking on Nichols. We heard Stan say that uh, Coach Mike Silva thinks that they're going to be one of the best teams in the state of Louisiana. The Colonels are opening up their season. I'll tell you about that, and then we'll wrap up. The Colonels are opening up their season in the coming days, um, trying to build on last season's momentum where they won the Southland Conference Championship. They've got Jacob Myers, who might be the best pitcher in the state, there tomorrow, 6 o'clock, in Thibodeau taking on Sacred Heart. Then after that, they got a midweek game on Tuesday against Tulane. So great opportunity for them to flex their muscles on opening weekend and then maybe try to go upset Tulane on the road. Tulane, remember, had a dreadful regular season last year, but then made the NCAA tournament and got hot. Also curious to see what they bring on the diamond this year. So that puts a pin in it today. We thank Coach Griffin for the time. We thank Mr. Stan Gravoff for the time. And we thank you all for the time. Tomorrow we will recap all of the round one girls basketball playoff action from around the state. And we'll give you an update on some of the boys games in the area because we've got some really big boys games in our area. You've been listening to Play by Play. Have an outstanding rest of the day. God bless you all. We'll be back tomorrow at the same time. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.